Hey y'all, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, we're here for a female old Deuteronomy. The fast forward button is your friend. And I'm going to be singing Memory in the Cats remake. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Hi, Diana. Hi, Erin. How are you? I'm nervous. I'm what? really scared for this one. You are? I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I'm I don't beyond. even know where to begin. I'm yeah. beyond, beyond. This has been a long time coming. I say that about 90% of our episodes, but I do feel like this one came full circle for us. Yeah. I remember texting about the trailer release, I believe. It's on our Instagram highlights. Yeah, and uh, basically everyone was... Um, was talking about that trailer, not in the way that you want everyone to talk about your movie trailer, but, um, it was definitely causing some waves even before it came out. Yeah. Oh my God. We also have a special guest with us today. We do. Is this a part where I say hello? (laughs) Hi, Sal. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. How are you? Um, Beaver Talk Betty's. This is my husband <laughs> is that Last a question time I checked, yes. quarantine partner what an intro baby dad did you guys practice this one <laughs> at all at all hi everybody my name is sal and i am a cat person <laughs> which is why you got to join us on this very special beaver talk episode yeah. Actually, uh, I I think Sal should really start us off because it, not only is he a cat person, he's a cat virgin in every sense of the way. So this right. was a clean slate for him. Um, and which when, I, when Aaron says a cat virgin, a virgin, that, <laughs> uh, there has been no <laughs> inappropriate cat conduct. <laughs> That means that I have never seen any version of Cats. I haven't seen the musicals. I haven't seen the movies. I I have I know nothing. The, the, the my experience with Cats is as follows: Cats proper C, uh, capital C proper noun. Well, <clears throat> when I was a kid, I remember seeing the commercials on uh, Thirteen, which was our local PBS station. Cats at the Winter Garden Theater. And I remember thinking it looked really cool and wanting to see it. But uh, fun fact, despite being uh, a New Yorker born and raised, I don't think I went to my first Broadway play until I was like 22. I think we went together yeah. to see Everything Anything Go, Goes, which was kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. It took uh, us going with uh, my gay uncle and his partner <laughs> for me to finally get to a Broadway show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think, in all fairness, that's probably most people's experience with Broadway. <laughs> the thing is, now my parents are obsessed. They go to like they go to like every show. They have like you know, oh, I have the Today Ticks app. My mom says, and oh, I just got tickets to Hamilton. Oh, I got tickets to Dear and Have Evan Hansen. Oh, it's so easy. They've seen everything. It's kind of wild. Yeah. So all of a sudden, later in life, they've become budding Broadway people. Well, I mean, of course, why not? It's fantastic. It's expensive, too. I think that's why we never went, you know? It's, like, very expensive to go to Broadway shows. Uh, Seeing the movie Cats is a lot cheaper, and there's a reason for that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Cheaper um, from a financial perspective. From yeah. a th- from a perspective of you'll never get your time back. It's extremely pr- expensive. Diana, yeah. how much of this movie could you get through? I watched the whole first act. Mm-hmm. And I fast forwarded through most of the second. I think I saw Ian McKellen guest the theater cat perform. Mm-hmm. I saw Taylor perform. And I watched Memory. Yeah. Because you gotta. You gotta. <sighs> yeah. I'm, Keep going, I, Sal. <laughs> um, I bought the cat soundtrack for Erin because I knew she was a massive cat's head. Uh, I bought it for her on vinyl off of uh, a record store that was selling it on the street. <laughs> Um, and then really that's about where it ends. I always so, wanted to see it. It did come back to Broadway recently in the city and I was, me and Aaron were going to go, but I don't know why we didn't go. I was pregnant. Yes. I didn't want to sit in a theater. That's what it was. So what did you think? Let's start us off. Let's dive in of Thomas Hooper's <sighs> brilliant <laughs> remake of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats. I... For starters, I can't believe this is the guy who made the King's Speech. Like <laughs> and Les Mis. And, I mean, I've never seen Les Mis, but it won some Oscars, didn't it? I think it yeah. did. Yeah, uh, it won Anne Hathaway an Oscar. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the King's Speech won some Oscars too. It did indeed. Yeah, and that was a pretty decent <laughs> film. So I don't know what <laughs> went what wrong happened? here. Um, do you want like my macro view, or do you just do you want to just start off? I mean, I think I, what, I think we all know what is this movie about. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know the special effects were the Achilles heel of this film. You know, there's no question that it was really hard to emotionally connect when, as you said earlier, Sal, it felt like you were watching a video game. Yeah, I think when you try to mix CGI. On such a heavy level, like we're talking 90% and then like a little thumbnail of a person's face. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, there's not a real synergy and an, a, an ability to emotionally connect to this world. Either you're, either I want to be an avatar and we're all in or we're all out. I feel like that's really the crux of, I don't know, Diana, what did you think? You know... At multiple times in this movie, like, I just kept asking myself the same two questions is like, what did Tom Hooper want this to be? Like, Mm -hmm. what was the vision behind this? And did any of the actors know what was going to be the final product? Like, were they aware of what they were doing? Because I've never been more mortified for Rebel Wilson. I kept asking myself... Yeah, go ahead. I I kept asking myself that, too. And I wonder, you know, it's like in any kind of big artistic project that you work on in life, someone needs to be there to see the thing through from the start to the finish. And, of course, you had that with the crew and the the director and all the, the people behind the scenes. But no one in front of the camera was really there for the whole film. Like, none of the big names, really. Like, Idris mm-hmm. Elba, a little bit, I guess. But, like, everyone just, like, popped in. They were like, Taylor Swift, you're going to be on stage today, and it's going to be so fun, you're going to do your little number. Rebel Wilson, you're going to be on, you know, today. There was mm-hmm. no, like, there wasn't really anyone of consequence who, like, was in the film the whole way through, really. And I wonder if, I <laughs> like, no one, no, one, no one could really check what was happening because they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know the full picture. <laughs> 
Well, I think, you know, you did have a couple of lead characters, of course, you know, with Francesca Hayward's character being the lead, the baller- the principal ballerina who plays Victoria. But I think I think something that was really shocking is when I was doing the research for this film and I looked at a photo of Rebel and James Corden sitting in a gr- wearing a green suit <laughs> with white face makeup. In the middle of a soundstage, I mean, when you think about what it takes to be an actor and to emote and to and to imagine yourself as a cat <laughs> and you're sitting looking like a naked seal, <laughs> I just, I think that it was so much context clue in how people couldn't really feel grounded in mm. the technology of this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like in Rebel Wilson's sequence, I truly think that is where I was like, oh, this is going to be the level. Like, that's where I was like, okay, this this has no hope. And that's at the very beginning. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was even, like, everyone's just rolling around on boxes in mocap suits and there's fucking cockroaches and mice <laughs> with little faces running around. Ugh, and I was why? just like, dear no. God. <laughs> why did the mice and cockroaches need faces? This mo- this movie isn't mouse. It's not cockroach. Like, oh my God. On. They're not even in the original. And this is like where I will say, you know, cats is not known in terms of like, what is it about? Cats is not known for being like a very plot driven musical. No. It's very much just like this fantastical spectacle that you watch. Yes. And like, it's meant to be something that you just kind of go along for a ride on. And so I was like, I watched it with Umer and I was like, and he's, he comes to this with like absolutely no understanding or knowledge of what cats is. He just knows it to be a very famous Broadway show. And I said like, adjust your expectations now because it's not really about anything. Mm. Like, it's don't expect there to be. It's not lame is like there isn't but, like some huge narrative that we're working on. But like, my God, the visuals in this are so horrifying. I was like, you at least have to deliver on that. Yeah. And it was like just a nightmare. Yeah. I will also say like in defense of cats, which I fully <laughs> stand by the original bet my reputation on is one of the most fun, whimsical outlandish, sexy, just like totally out there fun. But Diana, you're totally right. Andrew Lloyd Webber is quoted saying, it's about cats. Don't read that much into it. You know, like it's supposed to be fun. This movie was like, it was so tough and the pacing was tough. You know, connecting to the characters was tough. One of my biggest notes that I, my mother and I were like screaming about was what was going on with the music? Mm-hmm. We couldn't hear the orchestra. And so it felt like we're watching like a dialogue of singing that just kept going and going and going. There were no like crescendos or breakthrough moments with the exception of um, Jennifer Hudson's memories, which was absolutely exceptional. And you could hear the music. Did you think so? I did, Yes. I thought it was like such a pathetic move of trying to get people to con- finally connect with this movie. It was like a last ditch effort to try to make people cry yeah. after like an entire movie of not really making anyone connect to anything that I kind of, I kind of agree. I was like, uh, there, there was, there was no stakes like anywhere in the movie. And even like, you know, Grizabella, that's, that's mm-hmm. the name. 
I was just like, what? we get one line of backstory for her, and then I'm supposed to, like, care that she has this big, like, redemption moment and this big, like, emotional, like, she. this is the emotional crux of the film, this character I know almost nothing about, like, having this big, like, solo singing mo- moment. It, it just didn't have any weight to me. Right, where it was almost like dream girls, but we're having Jennifer Aniston be in Cats instead of 1960s attire. It's like I'm, very strange. And just, the other you moment, you just said I, Jennifer Aniston, and so I just <laughs> pictured Jennifer Aniston <laughs> in this role. I feel like Jennifer Aniston would have been an addition to this movie. Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. It was like the moment from Dreamgirls. It had a thousand. Except she was, was a cat, of course. But it was still um, great. Oh my god. Didn't speak to you. I don't think it did the work to be there. Mm. I don't think it did any of the legwork to set her up. I I a thousand percent agree. I don't think that's her fault, though. I do think she was she was giving us, you know, everything she could for for a role that was one song. She can't, you know. Yeah. Um, The other thing, I think the no joy element of this is very interesting to me because, like, Mm. I really felt it in the Rumple Teaser Mungo Jerry song. Yeah. Where they're like trashing the person's house and they're supposed to be like the bad cats. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was just so tedious. And I was, I just kind of wanted to be like, and it's supposed to be fun. Like they're supposed to be like kind of spunky and like they're the bad kids and she's getting in with like the wrong crowd. And it's supposed to be like this kind of moment to then show like the range of all the cats she's meeting. And she's a kitten. And so it's very like tempting for her to like want to go have fun. Was she and a she's a kitten. She's an abandoned kitten. Victoria? Yeah, how did you read that? What was your context clue? Oh, I thought that was just the story. I I always understood her to be a kitten. I think you're right. I just, I didn't get that watching this one, so I wasn't sure... Wasn't I sure mean, if the I amount of stuff something. we didn't get yeah. watching this movie is quite extensive. Because Andrew, or Thomas Hooper says at one point, like, it's about three generation of women, and I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> And he, you know, says it's about the kitten, Victoria, it's about Grizabella, and then it's about old Deuteronomy, these, this, these three. Oh, come <laughs> on. Oh, my so God. Come on. Maybe, yeah, I must have, like, projected that onto it, knowing the Broadway I mean, it could show. Be, it, I mean, you, clear, you and the, you and the director were on the same page. I just missed it, so I wasn't <laughs> sure. I don't want to, like, put that on recorded, you know, evidence that me and Tom Hooper were on the same page for Cats. <laughs> We were not. Um, but yeah, it was like the talking the, out the dialogue, Aaron. I completely agree with you. Like, I think that's, I felt so fatigued in the Mungo, Mungo Jerry um, Rumple Teaser song mm-hmm. where they're like talking about trashing this house. And I'm just like, why are we trashing this house? And then it's just like, okay, so that was supposed to be kind of the most like levity that this show really gets into. And now it's like, that wasn't even fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the dialogue, uh, first of all, there is almost no dialogue, which I guess if that's what Cats is, then great. But the fact that you're just using these songs to tell the story where you need like an SAT score above 1400 (laughs) to understand like (laughs) the vocabulary is just like, it was aggressive (laughs) and you know, like... I'm an educated person, but I was just like, wow, like, what? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? It's just like, it, that just, that hinders the fact that there's like no plot and like, it's so much more. Cause I'm like, I don't even, I don't even get what you guys, what, what are you talking about? 
I feel like there's a lot we can trash about cats. I mean, we're this isn't an original thought, but I am wondering, Diana, if you were given the script, kind of how we... <laughs> What do we do here? How do we make this better? What are the notes that maybe, you know, could add a little gravitas or joy, as you were saying, to this production? I mean, first of all, get rid of the CGI. Mm-hmm. I would get rid of like 90% of the CGI. I think that one of the things I loved about seeing cats is that the costuming and makeup is so beautiful to really make all these dancers look like cats. Um and I would have just, I would have done that. I would have done like a super elevated version of the hair, hair, makeup, and costume that goes into the theater production. Um, I would have done more of the dance sequences of like, cause that's what really blew me away in the Broadway show is like the way people can really move their bodies like cats is, is so incredible and just like above, it's, it's so whimsical and imaginative and like beautiful to watch. And I do have a note that like, I think Gus the theater cat played by Ian McKellen, worked the best because his face had the least CGI. Mm -hmm. He stood and delivered his song on a stage. And it's like for like three minutes out of this entire movie, I like understood what was going on. (laughs) And it was like, more of that, please. Like, can we please put some character development in? Like the, you know, Grizabella, the whole like we get one line of backstory. Like that shouldn't be the case. We need to like build on what perhaps the Broadway show doesn't do and mm. inject some narrative into it for a film going audience. This is not a Broadway audience. Yes. This is a movie audience. And I think I would have just appreciated more thought into like, not just putting the Broadway show onto a screen, assuming that everybody's going to be taken along for the ride. Well, if you're going to go in that direction where you're just like putting the Broadway show on the screen, like they almost didn't go far enough in that direction. I feel like, you you know, there's a world where you could just like kind of make a Broadway show on for a movie, but there was too many cuts and there's too much like fake CGI and like you can't, you know, the point you made about when you guys made about like the dancing and stuff, it's like, I feel like I didn't even get to see any of that. And then after this morning, Aaron made me watch like a six minute clip of like the original production or whatever and I was like this is better than the entire movie that I just watched (laughs) because like you said Diana it's it's there is no plot so it's it's about this kind of fantastical humans transporting themselves into the bodies of cats and you could actually (laughs) see that when it's like actual humans you know it's not this weird uncanny valley type humanoid cgi furball thing yeah yeah, because I think that's something that was weird in this movie, too, to say the very least. And and Aaron, I totally get, like, a lot can be said about what was bad about cats. But trying to keep some kind of, like, human element to the cats with their hands and feet being human and their faces being human, but then they're in these cat bodies. Like, can we just have them be people and playing yeah. cats? Like, yeah. we don't need to get these weird, like, morphous... What are those... What were those books called where, like, the people would turn into animals? Animorphous. Like, that's... Animorphs. Yes. Yeah, it was, yes. like... It was, like, halfway through the Animorph morph. Like... <laughs> well, I here's was, the like, thing. They didn't trust not, your audience. And it, it was so much, like, in that weird half zone, because another note that I had that I kept saying Aaron was, like, the, my favorite moments of the film were, like, 
all the little cat isms. Like when mm-hmm. James Corden's like licking his paws or whatever, or like, um, I don't know, they're doing like little head nuzzes, like things cats do, you know? Like <laughs> they could have done so much more of that. Like they didn't feel like cats. And then when I watched the, the clip of the Broadway play, you get that, you know, you really get that feeling when you see like humans moving in, in the way that cats do and stuff like that. But that just didn't come through. And the movie's called Cats, for Christ's sakes. Give us more catisms. <laughs> Give us more cat moments. Yeah, you know, it was strange. Like, there was a lot of cat phrases, like, cats out of the bag and who dragged yeah. the cat in. And it I'm was like... I'm a crazy cat lady. What? That was, that was tough. Yeah, the dialogue was land. tough. Those didn't land. And then some cats were wearing shoes and other cats weren't. And I was just reminded of, like... Donald Duck sometimes putting a towel around his waist <laughs> yes. when he comes out of the shower, but not wearing pants the rest of the time. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a what code. It, like, why is Taylor wearing high heels, but everyone else just gets to be in their weird cat feet and hands? Like, I'm so confused. There's no consistency. No. There was also this weird, like, thing where, like, some of the cats were, like, more sexualized than others. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, so strange. some had, like, you know enough fur and like looked like cats and others just like oh like Idris Elba is just naked right now (laughs) so naked Idris Elba with the six pack cat I will also say like Taylor Swift I was like whoa okay she's like what I will also say I thought this movie was a bit racist ooh tell me more well there's kind of a, you know, uh, an internet discussion about the fact that they white-faced Francesca Hayward, who's a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and Idris who's Elba. Who's Francesca Hayward? Victoria, the lead. Oh, the main cat? the white cat. Oh, okay. And then, know you know, Idris Elba is, like, the darkest cat. You know, he's the villain. And then with Grizabella, I made a joke to Sal while we were watching it, but now I kind of believe it to be true, is we kind of had this white savior moment where... French or Victoria's, you know, kind of saving Grizabella and like, I don't know, there was this weird energy there. And I also thought, speaking of the shoes, when Rumpelteaser did his sexy monologue song, his backup dancers had like Reebok sneakers on and like chains. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) what? I was like, this is bad. You know, and then the same could be said for Rebel Wilson and poor James Corden, who had who were just fat shamed to <laughs> such a disgusting degree that I was like, this is uncomfortable. I felt like yeah. you could see it on Rebel Wilson's face, too. She was like, I guess I'm going to roll around and be the fat girl. Like, it was awful. Some of the context characterizations of these cats were just totally unnecessary and quite damaging, I thought. It just went for such low-hanging fruit Mm. as opposed to, like, really honoring, you know, like, it comes from a book of poems by T.S. Eliot, and there's, like, this incredible legacy with the Broadway show, and you don't get any of that coming through in this movie. Wait, is that, it's from a book of poems by T.S. Eliot? I did not know that. The Jellicle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do they explain what Jellicle is at any point? No. (laughs) No, no. no. It's a poem. You gotta have Google on hand. It would have just taken one line. They could have been like, Jellicle we are the Jellicle clan because we like, you know, like. <laughs> That's what they, it's a, it's a fictional imaginary group. But what does it mean to be a Jellicle? You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the movie, Judy Dench is like, 
and I do believe you are <laughs> angelical. And I'm like, what? What is? What am I supposed to feel here? Is that a good thing? Like, what does that mean? Oh my it god, guys! When she turned to the camera, I had to stop the film <sighs> right then and there. I was so uncomfortable when she turned to the camera and started oh, talking yeah, about how that, cats aren't dogs. <laughs> that whole like breaking the fourth wall song where she just like looked you right in the eyes. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. I <sighs> thought that this movie, Diana, just to add to the notes, could have had a real Jim Henson flair. Mm-hmm. You know, doing the makeup, doing the costumes. We mm. have this beautiful, she's a principal ballerina, Francesca Hayward. Do we see her dance? Do we see her? I mean, she has beautiful movements, but like, let's give this girl a solo. I feel like we didn't get to like dig into the artistic integrity of a lot of these incredible performers. Um, And also like the set, I felt like you can't ground yourself in kind of this whimsical, fantastical land. Like it needed something needed to be real about it. You know, I wish they would have really did if they were going to do so much CGI, do like a 50 50 mix of really playing with what's real and what wasn't. And I thought they could have gotten a little bit more fantastical, more whimsical with kind of some of the set deck and some of the props and the mice. Like, this was an (laughs) opportunity to be so creative, and it felt very rushed to me, which the film was deeply rushed from production to CGI. In fact, I have a note that says that the CGI that was used in the trailer was redone because the director thought that the people's notes about how stupid the cats looked in the trailer needed to be updated. Um, so it's actually they actually like redid a lot of the CGI to try to make them look more, I don't know, something, whatever we saw in the movie. Wait, seriously? <laughs> yeah. But how long could that period have been? Like... What, did they just everyone hunker down for a three-day weekend? <laughs> like, they really did. Yeah, it was really a rushed huh. job to do the CGI, you know, with technology that I guess wasn't even available like three years ago. Yeah, they did like an interview yeah. with Tom Hooper on the red carpet when they were like, Hi, are you happy with it, how it came out? Like, how, are you so thrilled? And he was like, I finished it yesterday at 8 a.m. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Diana. I just threw up in my mouth. Yup. And then it came out and then Universal was like, we're redoing it. it. You can't. That's so awful. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I feel annoyed by the CGI. I feel sad for all those animators because, you know, (laughs) it sucks (laughs) to like put that out in the world. But I also feel like such an annoyance with Tom Hooper and like what the fuck happened here is just like my overarching question. And I hope in I hope in five years from now we get like a cat's tell all about what a nightmare it was to make this movie for him. Well, I gotta be honest. In one of the interviews I read about it, it said, and let me, it says that they didn't test the effects. That one of the reasons that they didn't do audience testing was that the effects weren't done, meaning that they shot and edited this movie without the effects. Right. Is that normal? Like I don't know how they usually do CGI. Well, I think if you're doing like, you know, a Game of Thrones situation where, oh, then a dragon comes in. The story is the story, but we don't have a story in Cats. And Mm. so we are relying so heavily on the visuals to tell that story. And if you don't know what those visuals look like until the end, we've got a problem. Great point. Yeah. 
I think that is how a lot of like these like like Pixar films and stuff like that, like when they do audience testing and when they're kind of like putting together cuts of the film, it's all like very low res like versions without like a lot of the textures and like lighting effects and things like that. But if um, your story they, is they your the, story, they send it out to like render farms and it takes like sure you know 100 years to render the thing but if you have a good story that's why they can sit an audience right. down just follow along right there I was mean, that should have no been story. kind of a red flag i think i don't know i feel like my heart is with thomas hooper though because i he did he made 148 million off les mis 44 444 million worldwide so this is a he's making tons of money off this musical is a huge smashing success and then I really, I think that with the rushing and the technology that wasn't tested, I think it was like slip and slide, you know, it was kind of doomed from the beginning to feel so disconnected. Do you guys want to guess how much money this movie lost the studio? <laughs> uh, <laughs> how no. much did it cost to make? Yeah, how much did it cost to make? $96 million. Oh. <laughs> well, we just rented it for six ninety nine. So, yeah, can't believe, I can't believe we paid seven dollars for that. Okay, how much did it lose? Tell us. Do you want to guess? Throw in one guess. Uh, did it make like thirty million? I don't know. Okay, Diana, what's your guess? I'm gonna guess this made. F- I'm gonna guess it made twelve million. It lost. It did not make any money. It lost a hundred million dollars. <laughs> um, Just let that sit on your shoulders as a director. I mean, that oh, sucks. Oh my god, that's terrible. Don't we think he'll be fine though? No, he's fine. No, he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they bring him another check. He's cruising. He's got to I mean, he's got to knock his next one out of the park though, or else he's done. I feel like this, this no is more like musicals. One of those things where it's. This is not a small misstep. <laughs> um, the reason he didn't do full face prosthetics is that he felt you lost too much of the performance. I wonder if we asked him that question now, how he would feel. He hmm. also says, and I quote, you feel grounded watching it. It's not that fantastical. <laughs> it's not anything, Tom. <sighs> Tom! <No. laughs> um. Wow. Aaron, can I ask you a question, like, as a Cats avid fan, like, die hard? Please do. Should this be remade to give Cats the movie it deserves? Diana, I want to make it. <laughs> I am putting my I This is a curse. I am no. putting my hat in the ring. I am putting my tail in the circle. I, this, this is such a, I, so I made Sal watch. Um, the Jellicle Cats and Rumple Teaser segments from the Broadway show. And I was dancing around the room. I feel light. I feel energized. This is an American classic. And the, fa- <laughs> and the fact that this has been so muddied by this horrific piece of art, if we can call it that, I think is a disservice to how joyful and fun and just like bananas. I mean, there's adult people walking around in these cat suits, but they're committed and you're committed to watching. It's such a fun, fun show. And I think especially for kids, families, I think people should throw it on, 
you know, it's free on YouTube. They can throw it on the background while they're working. This is a fun show and it needs a redemption. A thousand percent. You heard it here first. Wow. (laughs) 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 I'm with her. Don't you think we could do it? I mean, come on. I mean, how would you even redo it as a movie, though? Because, like, I feel like it would need a lot more dialogue and, like, a lot yes. more character building. Yes, I'm, I think... You'd Vic- have to make it a movie. I think for Victoria's character, like, let's feel bad for this little cat who was yeah, tossed in the gutter. give her some flashbacks while she's... Like, where... There was no heart there. She's, like, trying to be... I feel like they brought her into the group too soon. She was like, everyone wanted to fuck her. It was like very weird. Like she needs to be a bit of an outcast and work her way into the circle, work her way into gaining the trust of this angelical cats. Yeah. When she busted into that song where she was like, I've never been wanted, but with them I wanted. I'm like, wait, they want you? Like what? I, you, <laughs> it seems like you've had no connection to these other cats whatsoever. Are you like me? I don't all feel of that the at all. Male cats are like well, yeah, they her. want her in like a sexual way, it's but disgusting. like it seemed like she felt like she really belonged, and I just didn't get that feeling. That just didn't come across. Yeah. Did you know that Taylor Swift and Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote that song together? What do you mean? Isn't the song in the one of the old songs? No, this is, that's an original. Beautiful Ghost is an original. Oh, really? I really liked that song, actually, I will say. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of the best songs in the film. It did feel, like, oddly more modern than all the other ones, too. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> well, Aaron, I've never Taylor wanted Swift's you to make... can write a banger, so... Yeah, it's true. Aaron, I've never wanted you to make a movie more than the Cats <laughs> remake. Oh, my Diana Sal is sweating profusely. This could actually happen, folks. Yeah. The <laughs> vision that you conveyed, I was like, I'm with her. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Hashtag I'm with her. Yeah, you just need to Jim Henson it up a little bit. It should just be more fun. I think you can steal a lot of the Broadway stuff, too. Like, let's not reinvent the wheel. We were watching the intro of Jellicle Cats, and there was a giant shoe that was thrown at the cats. It was hysterical. It needs to be <laughs> more just campy. Do that. It needs to be more campy. Yes. Like, let's get a couple drag queens in there. Yes. Like, yes. You know. Camp. Cats is camp. Oh my god, Billy Porter could play old Deuteronomy. <laughs> <laughs> He's not old enough to play, to fill those I cast shoes. him in every movie that I ever want to make. He could be magical Mr. Mustopheles. That's a good one. Yeah, Who would we cast as old Deuteronomy? <sighs> hmm, Meryl Streep? <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't get to be in our Cats movie. Ouch. <laughs> I don't know. That was too harsh. It came out too... It's too harsh. Yeah. Maybe... Helen Mirren. Elaine Stritch. She's oh. not with us anymore. Oh, that's right. She passed away. She would have been great, though. Guys, she I have a great. couple of cats stories from my personal life <laughs> that I like to share with the group now. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> Ready. Okay, first of all, you know, my love for cats runs very deep in the, I think I was in the fourth grade. I created my own rendition of cats with my family. <laughs> Which we have on videotape, which I am digging up for us. So that's a to be continued. <laughs> Second, I was... By the way, just can you give us a little more detail on that, please? Just like, give us a, a five-sentence synopsis. Sure. My brother was Magical Mr. Mistopheles. I choreographed everything, obviously, and directed and produced the show. I was also... <laughs> <laughs> I was also... Um, Did you, were you in it? Yes, I was okay. Mongo Teaser. And we Which one is Mongo Teaser? The Bad Cats. Mongo Jerry. Mongo Jerry. Sorry. 
Oh, yeah, okay. We did a little duet, dancing duet. We choreographed it. And then we made our family sit and watch it. Um, and this was a touring production, right? You did this, you did multiple shows. <laughs> no, it was a one time only. I made flyers. Oh. I thought you, like, traveled to, like, a friend's house in the neighborhood to do it. <laughs> yeah, we did it at her house. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Jenny Wilson. Wow. Where's you have Jenny to have a Wilson venue. Now? You should have got Jenny Wilson to be the guest on this. Where are you, Jenny Wilson? <laughs> Jenny, reach out. Okay, and second quick story. I was driving home from the Hamptons from a women's event with this random friend of a friend who turned out to be in the original production of Cats. What? Wow. Yup. And I was like, tell me everything. Da 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 da. And we gushed about the production. He said that, like, when it premiered on Broadway, he was like, Elvis. Everyone loved him. All of the cats did their own makeup for the huh. productions. Um, and it was just a thrill. I, like, literally scree- squealed like a pig when he was, when we had found that information, when I found that information out about him. What was he? Like, what did he play? Was he part of the company or was he a lead? He was part of the company. Ugh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, Frederick. Holler, Frederick. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Another little piece of trivia for you, Diana. Um, This is not the first time that Judi Dench has played a female version of a male character. Oh, don't I know it. Do you know the other yes, version? Yes, of course. Yeah. Go ahead. She plays M in James Bond. Very good. Oh, that's right. I know. I love it. I Break love that ro- they did that. Breaking rules all over the place. She's a dream. Man. <laughs> in her fur coat on top of her fur. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Deuteronomy is supposed to have some real weight. It's a gravity. It's a. It's a very, like... That's such a prestigious role. I, I understood what they were trying to do there. She really needed, like, one. a giant mane, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's another note. Where are the manes? <laughs> you know? Um, who is the one that I loved? Not McCavity. The rock star cat. Jason Derulo. He should have <laughs> had a huge mane. He's, like, the alpha male. I was really missing a lot of the cat. Like... Even the feeling of the fur. They all looked so naked. Yeah. That was a shame. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so... It was like just watching something... It was like watching a car crash. Like, it was just so... I know. Bizarre. I feel like even from the first number, you were like, oh, that's how we're starting? Oh, yeah, Angelical. Okay. Like, you really couldn't... You really couldn't hear what they were saying. Like, because they kind of explain what jellical cats are in kind of this, like, fantastical way, but you couldn't really pick it up. No. It was just so, so weird. My cat, my real cat, Frank, is uh, needing a paper bag right now, so I may Mm. have to step away to go Uh, make that stop. (laughs) I just had to step away because our cat was banging on the door of the room that we're recording right now. They know that we're talking shit about their people. They're like, this movie will rise. (laughs) Good. They're trying yeah. to get us to stop. I love it. Any other notes, final thoughts about cats anyone wants to share? What would, a, what? let's just, if you will, put yourself in the mind of an actual cat. Mm-hmm. What would an actual cat have to say about that movie? I think they'd be pissed. They'd be outraged. Yeah. 
I feel like they'd be like, you know, they were kind of getting at something with that whole song about how we have three names. Like, I don't want to be called by the name that my human peasant calls me. <laughs> but I think other also, than that, they would have been disappointed. why did they do that in a graveyard? What the hell is that about? Wait, which yeah. song? The one where they're talking about the name. You might have been fast forwarding, but they did this whole <laughs> song about names and the names of cats, and they were in a graveyard. Very oh, dark, yeah, this yeah. movie. Not fun. Well, they did that whole thing about the names, right? And then it kind of comes back later in the film, but I feel like we didn't learn any of like their three names. At least, maybe we did, and I just missed it, but it would have been... F- I would have liked to know, and like, you know, the one cat's like, my human calls me Harold, but like, well, I go I th- by Knight Rider or whatever. Well, you know? I think that was the point of, I think they felt like they needed some exposition as to why the cats had such wild names, you know? Mm. I can yeah. like get on board with the wild names. I just need to know what the F is going on. And then this is like where the injection of plot comes in. It's just like, it's a movie going audience. You gotta, you gotta bring people along a little bit. We're mm. not at the theater. We're not there to see the real thing happening in live time. We need to like kind of be brought along. And there was just no bringing us along. Totally. Yeah, well said. Dialogue. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> cool. Wow, guys. Anything else that um, you're watching, listening to, that you want to plug quick of things you're kind of interested in looking forward to? I saw your text last night. You just started the morning show. Wow, wow, wow. Are you dying? I have so many thoughts. I have Mm. so many thoughts about the morning show. We must do (coughs) a big, big discussion. Wow. Even the fact that Reese Witherspoon's character is named Bradley, I was like, holy fuck. These women are going all in. Why? What's what's about the name Bradley? With Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, I don't get it. Brad Pitt? Oh, you thought that was like a trigger for her? Oh my god, the whole movie is like her redemption, or the whole TV show is her redemption story. Oh, interesting. And I may be losing my mind in quarantine, but I would like to sanity check it all with you. (laughs) I mean, it's interesting. Jennifer Aniston goes, her arc is up and down and up and down, so you also will feel differently at different times about her character. Mm. Oh, I'm sure. But that being said, it is quite a ride. What are you guys watching and listening to? You know, something I really want to plug is Black Monday. Yeah. Which is on Showtime. And I think that they made it free for everybody during this pandemic. And it is hysterical. And it is a great cast. And it is really well written. And it is a fun show about the 80s, Wall Street. You know, we've seen it, heard it all before. But it's through this comedy landscape um, and the two leads are people of color, and it's just like a totally different perspective. It's Regina Hall and Don Cheadle. Yes. Yeah. And it is hysterical. Oh, I've heard about that. It's hysterical. And it's, it's really a, good. And it's a must watch. But if it's you need also something. like really dark and like feels very 80s. A dark comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you get a shoulder pad, and you're like, this is fun. <laughs> and the music uh, is pad. fucking awesome. The music is so good. It's really good. I, I, I like it. And it just, like, the pacing's great, too. Like, it just, like, it's just moving along mm-hmm. really well. Um, yeah, I'm quite enjoying that as well. I love it, guys. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> cool. All right. 
Happy Feminist Wednesday, Diana. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Thanks for being here, Sal. You know, I was going to say my pleasure. The podcast was a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Watching the movie, not so much. But, you know, it was great. I had a lot of fun doing this. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.